So thank you all for uh, being here on uh, this first Sunday of 2022. I hope everybody's celebrations of Christmas and the new year were indeed joyous. We got a few more over, oh, they're taking some upstairs. Oh my. Um, we're indeed joyous and uh, we're enabled you to experience a little bit of rest and reflection uh, about what, what Christmas is about. And we start this Sunday talking about uh, the wise men. Now, Epiphany officially doesn't start till January 6th, but this is the closest Sunday uh, to Epiphany, so that's why we're going to talk about the wise men uh, today. And the offerings and the gifts that they bring are a little more valuable than rocks or stones or things along those lines. Uh, but you'll get what these rocks are, are about uh, here in just uh, a little bit. Our scripture text for today comes from the good news according to Matthew, uh, the second chapter, a very familiar text from, from this great gospel. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where, is the, where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. When Herod secretly, then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening the treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I just love the Tournament of Roses parade. Alicia and I, when we lived in Southern California, had an opportunity to go to that parade on its 100th anniversary. And it, it's absolutely gorgeous, y'all. It, it is truly beautiful. Watching on television doesn't do it justice. We got up real early on New Year's morning. And we were fortunate because, you see, the United Methodist Church provides a place for people to go and watch there right on Pasadena Boulevard. See, aren't, aren't, you, aren't, you, aren't you glad to be United Methodist? It, First Pasadena has a 
big parking lot right there on the parade route and they set up grandstands. And so Alicia and I didn't have to wait with all the people that were in what they call the world's largest slumber party, sleeping on the streets to get a place to watch a parade. We went there and we had a ticket to sit in the grandstands. We, they gave us breakfast. I mean, it was truly phenomenal. And it was such a, a wonderful occasion. As I said, television doesn't do it justice. The floats are so stunning, and the aroma coming up from all those hundreds of thousands of flowers is just, just truly, truly amazing. Shirley Temple, any of y'all remember her? She was the master of ceremony. She was the grand marshal. And it, it, was, it was just a, a great day, and Alicia and I lots of times will make time to watch the Tournament of Roses Parade because, well, that's something that we've been a part of back a long time ago when we lived in Southern California. Well, this year we did something different because there's something even more beautiful in watching a, a parade on television, and that's watching the sunrise come up over the mountains. So we went out and did that on the parkway. And Oh, we're pretty blessed to live here, aren't we? Yeah. Here tell it may snow, but we're praying that away. Uh, don't tell the ski slopes. No, it's supposed to, snow, it's supposed to snow tomorrow. I get that. But yeah. So I took great interest several years ago when I heard about a woman named Madeline Lay who sponsored a float in the Tournament of Roses Parade. She is an immigrant from South Vietnam. She left that country, had to flee when the North Vietnamese came in and overran the country, and she lost everything, everything. And she came to the United States, and the United States, this great country, welcomed her with open arms. She was embraced. She started a new life, and she said, this country has been so good to me. And I love this place. And living here in Southern California, I want to show my appreciation. I want to honor this country. So she applied to sponsor a float in the Rose Parade. And she did this for 20 straight years. 20 straight years. And finally, just a few years ago, she was able to get a float into the parade that she sponsored. And you might have seen that. She was there on the front uh, waving at, at everybody and, and saying hi to folks and greeting people. And as she's riding along, the announcers told her story of leaving uh, the terror of, of a country being overrun and, and finding a home here in the United States. She did it, she said, out of thankfulness and to honor the United States. Well, today we are talking about some men who made a long journey to honor and show appreciation to someone who has embraced not only them, but all of us, this infant king, Jesus, in this place called Bethlehem. Now, we, we've read about uh, wise men in, in history, uh, besides these that are, are, are talked about in Matthew's gospel. We see that uh, wise men from the Far East or the Middle East Probably Persia, that's what we think, but you know, scholars will tell you various and sundry things about that. Came to the, the coronation of Nero the emperor in AD 63. So we, we read about these Persian wise men coming, or these wise men from the east coming to pay homage to rulers. But these wise men are different. They come pay homage following a star and paying homage to one who's not just a king over a country or an empire, but he's the king of all the universe, born in such a humble place. And you, you heard the story. They, they see the star 
announcing the birth of this king. And they act like they are following after a, a GPS, you know? They, 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 this star is their global positioning satellite. It, it's their Google Maps. And, and it leads them to Bethlehem. Now, I know Google doesn't work that well sometimes in the mountains. But, and, and that's what kind of happened to them here because somehow or another, as they're going along, they lose track of the star. They lost the signal. And they did naturally what anyone would do. Where's a ruler going to be born? In a castle. In a palace. And so they naturally go to Jerusalem. And as it, the text says, when they announce they've come to pay homage to the king of the Jews, all of Jerusalem is abuzz about that. And then when they set out again, realizing that Jerusalem isn't the place, did you see what the text says? When they saw the star, their hearts were overjoyed. Their hearts were filled with joy upon seeing the star. And as we come into this new year, and if we want to discover joy in our lives, we've got to follow that star called Jesus. We've got to follow after where the Lord is leading us us. Yeah, sometimes that journey may be arduous. It may be long. I mean, these guys had to travel a thousand miles or more through trackless deserts and over mountains, but they did it knowing that as they followed that star, they would experience joy. And as, as we are in this new year, some of us may be to decide what to do we can claim what what Paul or what the writer James says that if we seek after wisdom God will give it to us if we will follow it so to find joy this year to have our hearts enraptured with with enthusiasm as as the text says we need to follow the star that God puts in front of us that leads us to Jesus I love that. Their hearts were filled with joy when they saw the star and where it had settled over where Jesus was. So they get to the house. They follow the star there. They're overjoyed that they're finally getting to, to see this child king. And they go in and they kneel and pay homage and they present three gifts. And every kid that's been to Sunday school around the Christmas season knows what they, those gifts are. You know what they are? Remember what they are? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, it, some would say if they had been women wise men, they would have brought practical things, you know, like some diapers and blankets and, you know, some bottles and stuff like that. But these guys bring, what's, they gonna, what's this baby going to do with gold and frankincense and myrrh? And, and we don't know if there are just three of them. The text says they brought three gifts, so we assume there might be just three of them, but there could have been 30 of them. All bringing these gifts to pay homage to this infant king. And so they, they bring gold. And in the ancient world as it is today, gold is very special. In fact, in the ancient world, slaves wore copper. Average folks, normal people, well, they got to wear silver. But only royalty and those that were extremely wealthy wore gold. And so these wise men in bringing gold to pay homage to this infant king are showing that they are giving their very best, that they sacrificed to bring this gift to this baby. 
They had paid every expense. Nothing was spared to come and offer something as so precious as gold to this baby, to Jesus. And as we come into this new year, we ask ourselves, as we come before Jesus, are we giving our very best? Are we offering uh, up our, our tithes and our offerings to Jesus? And I have to commend this congregation. This church has done a lot over the years, and it's done a lot this year. I, I want to report to everybody that we've gone over budget this year, and that's something to celebrate. So, yeah, you can clap for that. But we, when we examine our own hearts, are we giving sacrificially our best to honor Jesus? Madeline Leahy, the lady I just mentioned to you that sponsored that float in the Tournament of Roses Parade, she sacrificed much. She sold her house to pay for the float, to pay tribute to this country that welcomed her. And it makes us wonder, well, what are we willing to give for this one who not only welcomed the three wise men, welcomes all of us into his big heart, into his home, into his life. So we ask that question, what am I willing to give up to sacrifice? What is precious to me to give? The second thing that they brought is frankincense. You know, something impractical. Why are you going to bring a baby, you know, shaving lotion? I mean, why, why, why are we going to do that, you know? Uh, th these guys are, are, are truly impractical in what they're bringing. Fra frankincense uh, was this resin that, uh, that, that they would grow in the Arabian Peninsula, and they would gather together and, and make it into this cream-like stuff. And any of you all remember the Brill Cream commercial? Any of you all remember that one? Brill Cream, a little dab will do you for men who use their head about their hair. Well, you can tell I didn't use it. But a little dab of that stuff will do you because it's very fragrant. And you could smell it for a long way off. And it, it, it was something that just a little bit would fill up the room with its aroma. That's kind of like balsam. We read in the Old Testament that when people came to bring a sacrifice to the Lord to honor God and give thanksgiving, and they would bring wheat or grain, they would mix it with frankincense as an odor that's pleasing to God, a sign that they were honoring God and giving thankfulness to God. It was, you see, an act of worship. And in these wise men, these magi, when they were bringing frankincense to this infant king, they're recognizing that this child was worthy of worship, that this child was not just an ordinary ruler, that this child was God becoming man. This child was divine and worthy of our worship as it was worthy of their worship. And it, as we come into this year, we have to ask ourselves, how am I coming to worship? Am I willing to sacrifice for worship? For, you know, seeing these wise men, as you heard me say, they trekked a thousand miles to come to church. We have to ask ourselves, are, are, what are we giving up as we come to worship? What are we willing to do? 
Now, I'm talking to the crowd that's here on a cloudy Sunday morning after New Year's, so y'all are probably those folks that are sacrificing, but we have to ask ourselves, why do we come here? Why do we show up at church? There's a, a woman who was sick one Sunday, and uh, she uh, said, well, I guess you're going to go on to church, honey. And her husband said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go on to church. I want to be there. And so he came back, and uh, she said, well, how's worship? She said, oh, it's fine. This church is great. She said, well, what was Mildred wearing, she asked. And he said, well, how do I know? I didn't notice that. And have the Rogers gotten back together? You know, they were kind of split up. And she, and she said, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't hear anything about that. And what has Jean done about her child that was acting up over the weekend? You know, everyone knows about that. What have you heard? He said, I didn't hear any of that. And she said, wow, Fred, why in the world do you go to church then, you know? <laughs> and we have to ask ourselves, why in the world do we go to church? We come to worship. We come here to bow before this infant king, this boy that became a man who gave himself up for us and who rose again so that we might have life eternal. We come here to honor him and to worship him and to go from here inspired by that worship to go out and serve and to come in here and gain an eternal perspective about what's going on in our lives and in our world and helps us be free from that fret that sometimes creeps into, I know my heart, when I get uh, too self-centered and too self-focused. We come here to worship. And uh, people that come and gather to honor God and to pay homage to Jesus, when they come to worship, then I know the choir leaders know that they're more prepared to sing, and the singing, uh, even if it's sometimes a song we don't know, is a little more robust. And as one who delivers the word, with people coming with expectation of what God is going to say to them through what is said by one of your pastors in the reading of Scripture, I know that we can be more enthusiastic because you have an expectant heart. And something that is said at this moment or during a message may not be what I or one of the other pastors intended, but as you come expectantly, God will say something that will touch and bless you. Because the inspiration isn't just about what I'm doing and what I've been praying about and what I've been studying, but it's about you coming expectantly to worship and to hear. And so I pray that as you come, you're coming to worship, seeing what God is up to in your life and in this church and in the world. So those wise men bring in this gold, you know, they were showing that they were giving their best and willing to sacrifice. They bring this frankincense because they're coming to say, well, this is someone worthy of our worship. But myrrh, my goodness, what an odd gift. You know, myrrh was like, like frankincense. It was something that was grown in the Arabian Peninsula, but it was usually in a liquid form, and it could be used as perfume. But more often than not, you may have heard this, it was used to anoint the dead. Used to anoint the dead. I don't know about you, but if someone came to my baby shower and brought a death, a, a death benefit policy, I don't think I'd be too happy about that, would you? Not at all. What's this all about? Well, let me just take an aside a moment and say how blessed we are to live in this country where our young children 
have great medical care. And most of our children, when they're born, have a chance to make it through childhood. It's not so fortunate in, in other times and other places. I rode for a long time with a funeral director from, to Mississippi, and I asked him, during your 50 years of being a funeral director, what's the thing that you've noticed the most in, in, as a change in your business? He said, oh, it's easy. Back when I first started 50-some years ago, I did a child's funeral at least once a month. Now it's a rarity. And in other parts of the world, it's still not a rarity. When I was in Ecuador, looking in uh, around the downtown area, they had a funeral parlor that was just a storefront. And in the back corner of that, there was child's coffin stacked to the ceiling. We as Christians are called to do something about that. That's just an aside. How inappropriate was it for these men to bring myrrh to a birthday party? Oh, these men knew something. That this babe was born to carry upon himself all that is death in our lives. Everything, all of our burdens, all of our griefs, all of our sorrows, all of our sinfulness. And that's why they came. It's a sign that this child, this God made man, this king, would take upon all who would follow him their burdens, their brokenness, and their hurts. And I imagine each and every person in this room is dealing with one of those things right now. And it's a heavy load. Well, y'all know that we love to get out into the beautiful mountains that are around here. That's one of the things that drew us up here. Of course, the good Lord and the bishop blessed us by appointing us to this great church. But we, we, we were drawn, uh, to one of the reasons, because of, of the beauty of the area and to be able to hike. And so we like to get out and hike and see the, the beauty of this, this great land that's around us. And lots of times on hikes, we'll carry water and snacks and, you know, some ponchos, things like that, if we, if we prepared. <laughs> and that doesn't always happen, trust me. But lot, most of the time, we, we, we bring those type things. And, um, you know, usually I, I carry that stuff. And one of the times we were hiking with some friends, and, and I was uh, walking along, and I had all these things. We had the sandwiches and everything like that. And and we'd been walking a long while that day, and uh, one of our, our friends is with us, said, Ed, let me carry the pack, you know, I'll give you a chance to take some pictures and do some things like that. I said, no, no, I'm good, there's no worry about that, I'll, I'll continue to carry all this. And the guy said, no, 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 here, let me carry it, you know, I've, I've been walking pretty freely, give you a chance to rest and take some pictures. So I gave him that pack, and my goodness, I didn't realize how heavy that thing was until I had taken it off. Well, same thing with our burdens that we bear, the troubles that we are carrying, our fears that we uh, let hold on to us, our, our sinfulness that's so insidious that it has become like wearing a glove. We don't realize how heavy those things are until we can take them off. And so we come today to a sacrament of Holy Communion 
hearing words of grace and invitation that Christ has come to bear our sins and to forgive us. But you have in your hand, I think all of y'all have them now, a stone or a rock. And you're going to be invited as you come forward as an act of worship and a sign and a symbol of your laying your burden before the child king to place that stone in the baptismal font. Now you hear me rattling around stones, the early service did it. And after church, several folks said, I wish I had a whole bag of those things because I got so many burdens. Well, you can let it represent whatever burden or burdens you're dealing with. When you come forward to receive the sacrament, the sign and symbol of grace, come to like those wise men kneeling before a baby with myrrh to present to the infant king whatever's burdening you, whatever is causing death within your own soul, in your own heart, whatever is keeping you from enjoying the joy and freedom that God intends for all of us to live. And we do it in the font because, well, we're still remembering that Jesus is a baby, but even as a baby, the wise men came and knelt and present a sign and symbol of death, knowing that this baby would grow into one who would say, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. To be a baby that would take the burdens of all the world upon himself on a cross. But right now he's a baby. And stay tuned to next week because next week you'll receive from this same font a sign and symbol of life. So, when you come, bring that stone that represents whatever's weighing you down and place it before the manger of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. We come, Father, to the sacrament, acknowledging that we come as broken and hurting people even into this new year. May we, as we come forward, lay before this child king, just as those wise men did, whatever is causing death within our souls, darkness within our hearts, hopelessness within our spirits, so that we might walk as children free from all that burdens us and invite others to share in the freedom that God gives to us in Jesus Christ, whose name we pray.